What is up, everybody? It's Friday. You know what that means. It's another episode of Curveballs and Share Shots. My name is Brandon Tanguma, sitting electronically more than six feet away from me. Double masked up, of course, is my lovely and esteemed co-host, Dominic Hobson. Dominic, how are you doing today? Well, Brandon, it's Friday. Got the day off. I got my two Stone Cold Steve Austin shirts in yesterday and one jacket that will be described later is coming. So... You know, it's a good day. How about you? It's definitely a good day for Dominic. We definitely did not start a little later than we were supposed to. So Dominic may or may not leave at the end of the podcast before we are done. But that is neither here nor there. Let's just jump right into it. We're going to start off with the NFL. And I don't know if you heard, but there was a big game last week and they call it the Super Bowl. Oh, I missed it. Damn it. 55th time they've played the Super Bowl. And shocker, Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers just absolutely whipped that ass 31 to 9. Dominic, you correctly picked the Tampa Bay Bucks to get the win. You win the entire year. That's why we call it Dominic's Picks. Here's your little parade. Well, first off, if you hear the. Uh the big dog and the mini dog in the background. I apologize. There is a mailman coming by, but I want to, first of all, thank, well, I got to thank God giving me the skills of predicting outcomes of football games. Um, you know, thank you God for birthing Tom Brady uh, and uh, you know, my family, my fans and uh, you know, let's get another one. Okay. That, I mean, you, you could have done a little, circle there but i was hoping you'd actually talk about the game a little bit dominic oh yeah the game because you know i didn't i wasn't working or anything brandon i'm pretty sure you showed up at least you know at halftime and then you gotta watch the tape we always watch the tape dominic i got there at the end of the first quarter we learn more from the tape than we do from watching it live well you know who needs to watch the fucking tape is the fucking kansas city chiefs because fucking Mahomes was fucking just flooded every fucking down they they couldn't get an off they, their offense couldn't get going um i don't know if i credit if i want to credit the 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 defensive line if i want to give it to their to their you know their backs or whatever but you know tampa bay was firing at all cylinders and i do credit that to tom brady because when you have a leader like that leading your team in the super bowl with so much experience you know it, it, it's a hard fought game people expected the game to go a little bit different just like I thought, you know, it was going to be a really high-scoring game, which it was for one team. But nevertheless, great game for the Bucks. Bad game for the Chiefs. Yeah, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers came out. They played their game plan perfectly. They were able to get pressure on Mahomes without putting in extra backers and you know flooding the box, which will allow like Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey to be one-on-one and be open. And that, I mean. Last week, I just kind of glanced over the fact that, you know, Eric Fisher's gone and they're having some other offensive line issues. And I was like, you know what? I think they can get past that. And they definitely did not. It felt like every down, you know, Mahomes couldn't take a three-step drop without having to run for his life. The stat that we reposted on the Curveballs and Cheshire's Instagram, which you guys can follow at Curveballs and CS. uh, Patrick Mahomes ran around for 497 yards, the most this entire season, not just in Super Bowl history, the entire season of every player, every team, he was just running for his life. And I mean, not to discount Patrick Mahomes. I mean, he, he was doing everything he could. He was throwing sidearm on the ground and he was hitting his receivers in the face mask. And yes, the Buccaneers won, but you also have to say that the Kansas City Chiefs lost it. Like not as much, but they definitely played a part. The punting was not good. They had all those defensive uh, penalties that, you know, took the field goal off and allowed Tom Brady to continue to drive, turn that into a touchdown. Then 
so many drop passes on third down where Patrick Mahomes was doing Mahomesian things. That's definitely a word. And they just draw the ball. So I, I'm not saying if like those couple things played out the other way that the Chiefs would have won, but it would have been a much better game, much closer game because this game was all hyped up, young goat, old goat, and it, I mean, it didn't live up to the hype at all, which which does kind of suck because we have gotten some good Super Bowls these last few years. Yeah, I mean, I still, th- I mean, knowing the outcome, I think I would still consider this a good game just because the anticipation of oh my god, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? And then you know, even when the even when it went into the third and fourth quarter, we we're like, damn, the Chiefs are down. Everybody was still like, dude, but it, it's Pat. He he's going to fucking come out firing. And you every down, every down, you're like, it's it's Mahomes. He's going to do things. And it never happened. So I I still consider it a good game just because you knew whoever, even if, even if it was the other way around and Tom Brady was in the hole, everybody would have been like, it's Tom Brady. He's going to fucking fire off the fucking three touchdowns. It's going to be crazy. So I still consider it a, at least a pretty good game. Way too early predictions, Dominic. Which one of these two teams, if both of them, will we see again in the Super Bowl next year? Wh- which team do you think is more likely to you know, have a bounce back? I mean, San Francisco 49ers had a, had a down year. It's usually every Super Bowl loser doesn't make the playoffs. Is Kansas City in for a slump? I I hope not because I still think – I mean, they're, they're holding on to the core in Kansas City. So, I mean, I, I think – I don't – you know, I got a feeling Kansas City will make playoffs but not the Super Bowl. So, I'm going to say yes, there's a slump. And then what do you think the Bucks will do? Tom Brady – unequivocally when asked said we're coming back next year he's gonna be back he's out there on a boat getting shit-faced <laughs> tom brady looking like he's having the time of his life right now i mean that's something that you know they'll we'll, we'll have to figure out wait and see because i still think tom brady because he signed what a two-year deal with them or right it was like a two-year 90 mil or something like that you can't just blurt out things asking me questions when I don't have it in front of me. I can't just. Brandon, what's with the Pythagorean theorem again? I know, Dominic. What's the Pythagorean theorem? I don't know. I don't remember high school shit. Is that high school? Is that elementary school? I mean, middle school. I don't know. But, anyways. Two years, uh, $50 million. Yeah, I was off by 40, whatever. But, um, you know, I definitely think that he'll play next year if they win a Super Bowl. Does he retire? No, I think he'll go somewhere else. I did see a post. Someone posted that, um, you know, Tom Brady was a goat, but he still has one last one last test, and that was him going to the Jets, which, you know, I think would be amazing if he went to New York and just won a Super Bowl. It'd be fucking funny as shit. But that's just what I'm saying. It would be funny, but I just don't think that will happen. We have a very intriguing offseason in the NFL, and it, it, we thought it kind of started with the uh, Deshaun Watson situation, but – the Texans are not done breaking news, kind of shocking news. J.J. Watt asked and received his release from the Texans. There were some rumblings. We kind of knew that maybe J.J. Watt was maybe on the trading block or going to leave the Texans, and then just out of nowhere, he gets released. Your thoughts and just kind of overall, the Texans organization is whew, going down I the mean, shitter. They, they definitely are going down the shitter. I mean, J.J. Watt, maybe four years ago, I would consider – one of the top defensive players. He's kind of, I wouldn't say he's, he's gone down, but he have, he definitely hasn't, you know, gone up. So I, I could see him going to a team that can definitely use the defensive help. Um, I mean, him leaving does, I, I think text the, the Texans definitely are in a world of trouble. If you're quarterback and one of your star defensive players want out, you're in a world of hurt. I believe it was the president or one of the higher ups. He left and now you have JJ Watt and Deshaun Watson more than likely going to both be gone by the beginning of the season. And I mean, you had such, you had a good core of players like two years ago and now it's just all just gone to hell. I mean, JJ Watt, he, you know, he was a professional. He didn't really go into the reasons why he wanted to leave. He just said, you know, we mutually agree to part ways, love the people of Houston, love Texas, blah, 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 blah. That being said, where does he go? He said he loves the the state of Texas. Do you see him being one of them boys going to the Cowboys? Because I, I, he's made enough money. He's had his accolades. I think now he can ring chase. 
And I, I'm not saying the Cowboys is a place to ring chase, but I mean, I don't know. What do you think he goes? I mean, if, if, if he's ring chasing, I mean, does he end up in Tampa? Do you think he'll, he'll follow the coattails of Tom Brady or do you think he'll go, does he follow Watson? Does he go out West a little bit more, maybe to the Niners, but Niners have Osa and, you know, I don't know. It's, I don't know if Sherman's up in the air, but I, if he's ring chasing, I don't think he'll go to the Cowboys. The Cowboys, with when Prescott comes back, they'll have a good chance, but you got to wait and see how he comes back. If he comes back 100%, he's firing, then they have a chance. But what we've seen with Prescott is even when he was healthy, he was what? The tech, the Cowboys are eight and eight or something crazy like that. So they also had one of the worst defenses we've ever seen. And putting JJ Watt out there, he might not be in his prime, prime, but he's still good enough to really help that defense out. Well, we'll have to wait and see, Brandon, because I think he goes either to a really, 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 really contending team like the Bucks, maybe, you know, the Niners, something like that, or he goes, I don't know. Fuck it. Goes to Green Bay. I don't know. Well, Dominic did bring up the San Francisco 49ers sticking with the Texans. Deshaun Watson, it has kind of come out that maybe he has some uh, some possible or some desired places he would like to go. I think we talked about this a few weeks ago with like the Jets or the Dolphins. And now we've gotten to the 49ers and the Broncos. I don't know if this is like the top teams, but now we got some other teams in contention. 49ers, Denver 49ers, I think obviously are much closer to being a playoff Super Bowl contender, but uh, kind of intriguing. Maybe Denver has enough cap space and they have some draft picks they can give up to, to get the picks. I I don't know. Just I mean, it, it's one of those things where, in my opinion, the better fit probably, in my opinion, would be Denver. I think uh, the Niners are a little they, – they, they need a few key – I mean, first of all, they got to figure out their, if they want Jimmy or not, and I mean – would okay, let me ask you this. Would they would you trade Jimmy G Deshaun Watson one and one? If I'm the 49ers, yeah. If you're the Texans, is that still a good deal for you? Or do you no, Jimmy baby. G? Okay, there we go. That's not even close. You're getting at least two first round picks for Deshaun for Deshaun Watson. And I think the so, Texans want even more than what the Rams gave up for Stafford. Shit. I mean, see if deserved. It, it, if I'm the Niners, though, I go, fuck it. I'd rather keep Jimmy G has proven when he's healthy, he can take us to the Super Bowl. So, I mean, I, I would I would not fucking trade G with picks for just Watson. Fuck that. The 49ers, I think, are good enough to where if they were to trade maybe one for one plus some, plus some picks on the back end, I think that can work out for them. They still need maybe like a, a deep threat or like a, a solid wide receiver. Yeah, Brandon Ayuk came out and he was good. Uh, Kittle, he was injured for a little bit, so that kind of hurt their production. But I think if Deshaun Watson does go to the 49ers, they instantly become a uh, definitely division contender. I know the Rams are making moves. And also the Seattle Seahawks, they have some controversy a brewing with their quarterback. Russell Wilson uh, was interviewed and he just kind of talked about his frustrations with uh, you know the offensive line and kind of everything surrounding the season you know the Seahawks had a, had a really good regular season and then come out and just did not show up against the Rams Russ kind of voices frustrations but yet still says he wants to be with the Seahawks the Seahawks apparently had some some phone calls people asking if they want to trade Russ but they were not interested in that and I don't blame him. I really don't blame him. I mean, he's – I mean, to me, he's proven himself. He's got him their ring. He's gone out there. He's been a total professional. Day in, day out, he's been there. Maybe voicing some frustrations, being like, where the fuck's my coverage, gets the you know ownership going like, fuck, we need to get him coverage. And that's that's it. I don't think there's any tensions or anything. With this whole carousel of – quarterbacks russell wilson not going anywhere right dominic 100 all right now let's get into uh the nfl honors we're just going to kind of quickly go over nothing really too major nothing too surprising really happened the mvp of the nfl was aaron Rodgers, and the from the green bay packers dominic i mean we all just kind of saw this coming josh allen 
uh, in the running as well. Patrick Mahomes uh, as well. But at the end, Aaron Rodgers gets the MVP. Once again, well-deserving. He, I mean, he's fucking, age, he's, he's ageless. I mean, he, he comes back from injuries and he just keeps playing at top performance. So I definitely think, you know, one of the greatest well-deserved. Aaron Rodgers won the MVP, but he did not win offensive player of the year. That was a Derrick Henry, just unbelievable season. You know, Derrick Henry 2K. He, you know, was a fantasy and a real football beast. Definitely well-deserved kind of, I'm not saying he should have been the MVP, but maybe a little bit more recognition with the MVP voting. I mean, you're basically sucking his dick right now, but okay, whatever, no big deal. I mean, mean, it's it's pretty good. You know, he's a pretty good player. It's pretty good dick. (laughs) Flip that. (laughs) um, No, I I, well-deserving once again. um, I mean, he, he did have a great season. I I actually expect him to fall off a little bit from because he had a great season last year too. So made me kind of eat my words, but hope he continues on. Maybe he'll get a trade or something. I don't know. I don't know. The defensive player of the year was Aaron Donald from the LA Rams. He uh, wins it back to back, or he also wins it for the third time as well. But people were saying, kind of screaming some controversy that JJ Watt, or sorry, uh, TJ Watt from the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers should have won the award. He led the uh, league in all the major categories in front of Aaron Donald, and he also missed a game. Kind of weird why Aaron Donald wins it over Watt, but maybe it's because JJ won it all those years that they didn't want to give it to the brother. I mean, that that that's kind of BS. I feel like to be the best, if it, to be named player of the year, even the player of the year, and your top category and everything, how does that not win it? I just don't understand that. So I, I do agree. That's some bullshit. But, you know, Donald still played great, so you can't really take that away from me either. Maybe uh, JJ teams up with Donald. Don't think I can afford it, but you never know. The offensive rookie of the year was Justin Hairbear of the Los Angeles Chargers. I mean, you know, set all the rookie quarterback records. Justin Jefferson from the Vikings had a claim. He was kind of, he was there all year, produced. I mean, not, not exactly all year, but he was definitely a, a really good pickup. Maybe the steal of the draft, I would say. Uh, Justin Herbert gets the win, but Dominic, do you think Justin Jefferson has a solid case and possibly you should have won? No, I, I, I think Justin Herbert was a lot better. Um, and plus being thrown in kind of, I think what he was thrown in week three, I think he's did his first start was against the Raiders, I believe, but I mean, he, he could have won more games. I think their defense lost their games for them in the fourth quarter, but I mean, getting thrown in there kind of not, you know, kind of late in the beginning of the season and still doing what he did. I, I, I give it to him 100%. The defensive rookie of the year, Chase Young from the Washington football team. Not a, not a surprise here. I mean, he was just an absolute animal and possibly the uh, the best player, the best overall rookie this year, even over Herbert and Joe Burrow and Justin Jefferson. Well, I think Burrow, if he didn't get hurt, might have been a candidate for rookie, but that's just my opinion. Sticking with the Washington football team, Alex Smith is named comeback player of the year. Shocking, I know. Just name the damn award after him. Right, Dominic? I mean, do we need to talk about it? I mean, it should be done deal, right? It should be a done deal. And then finally, coach of the year, Kevin Stefanski from the Cleveland Browns. Uh, definitely well-earned. And uh, Browns, I know Dominic was on the bandwagon a little too early, but now Browns on the right track, get a coach of the year, can build off of that, get OBJ back next season. See the Browns possibly you know, being a solid contender with maybe the Steelers falling off and the Ravens doing what the Ravens do. I think it depends on what have, whatever happens in Pittsburgh. I feel like if Ben comes back or whatever happens with Ben is going to set the tone in Pittsburgh. And then the Browns, as long as they get some good people, keep OBJ, Mayfield kind of keeps playing how he's playing. It should be a decent season for him. Now let's get into the MLB. We have an agreement for the 2021 season. Not exactly everything, I believe, but we get – uh, kind of the day-to-day operations uh, 
still no word yet on exactly how long the season will. Maybe we get a delay to it. The players do not want a delay in the season. They want to play all 162. Owners want to push it back, maybe chop it down to 154, blah, 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 blah. But we get an agreement here, and there will be no universal DH this year. Continuing with the seven inning double headers and also an increased COVID protocol with mask uh, enforcer officers, whatever they're going to be having the kind of tagged uh, detection exposure detection system, kind of like what uh, pretty much all the other leagues have the NBA, you know, NFL, NHL, all those other people. I'm eating fucking say something. Well, it's kind of hard for me to know when you're eating Dominic, when I can't see you. What you want? You want me to put my camera on, huh? Do you happy now? You can see me eat my fucking pizza, boy. Jeez, disrespectful. Sorry, you know I actually ate before the podcast started, and I told well, you I was going to eat so- before the podcast. Well, I'm sorry that my food got hurt right when you're like, "If we're gonna do, it, we're gonna do it," you know. Blah, blah, blah. But jeez, man. Anyways, back to MLB. I'm in favor for everything. I actually think they should do a, even a smidge less. I mean, they definitely need to do more than they did last year, game wise. But I think 154, maybe it's a little less just because, you know, you you do have to take into account rain delays, weather delays, whatever you want to do. So I think a little bit less and then you can always, you know, just keep going up until you hit the, you know, norm, normal. Amount. I also forgot to mention they will continue with the extra innings. They will have the rule with the runner starting on second base. I absolutely hate the rule. I think it just takes the you know, the pureness out of the game, you know, seven in double headers. I understand, you know, not the biggest fan, but you know, especially with COVID and you're just trying to pump everything out. You're not trying to overexpose the pitchers. I, I mean, I get that, but the runner on second base issue, I, I kind of voiced my frustration with it last year. I know it kind of adds pressure and drama right into it, but I, I still not a fan of that Dominic. Well, you're never going to be a fan of it. I think if they tweak it a little bit, you know, because it's a runner on second with no outs, correct? I don't, I don't remember too much of it. Shocker. <laughs> Fuck you. But I'm thinking maybe you do runner on second with one out, or you know, maybe runner on first with no outs or something like that. Like, why does it? Why does this person need to be in a scoring position already with no outs? Like, if you're gonna put them in second, put you know, put a one out on the board or something like that, so you know you can easily you know, strike out, fly out or something like that. You like, you can make it a little more, you know, less stressful for the team, but you know, that's just me thinking and people don't like my thoughts. What are you talking about? Dominic? Everybody loves your thoughts. That's why they're listening to this podcast. So here you, no one gives a shit about me. It's all about you. Yeah. Sure. Anyways, uh, spring trading starting up soon. So we're going to get some pictures of catchers, maybe some spring training games. And when there's like an official big time agreement, maybe a strike, we don't know. We will be here to cover it. Now let's get into some of the hot stove news. We're going to stay local. We're going to be homers for a second. Uh, The Oakland A's and the Texas Rangers have agreed to a trade. And this is probably the biggest move that the A's have done thus far. They trade designated hitter Chris Davis to the Rangers for Elvis Andrews with some cash considerations going to the A's and then also the Rangers getting some uh, prospects and some younger players. So, but pretty much like everyone's saying, it's kind of a Chris Davis for Elvis Andrews, Dominic, kind of your, your first thoughts uh, on the trade, especially with the whole Marcus Simeon leaves. Well, I will say Andrews for um, Simeon. If this may be a few years ago, I'd be really ecstatic. I'm not saying that he's a bad player, but I feel like he's a little bit past the prime. But nevertheless, I still think he's a great player. He can bring a lot to the table. Um, Tris Davis, I I think last week, or maybe it was when we were talking, when we were playing with uh, Mr. Mr. Gunderson over there. Mr. Frenemy. No, um, that... You know, I as as soon as we extended Chris Davis, he just slumped. Yeah, he had his moments where I'm like, all right, fuck, he's finally coming back. But then it was just back into a slump. So I'm happy he's gone. I feel like he, you know, granted, I know when he gets to Texas, he's gonna be fucking cracking it and he's gonna fucking kill us when they when the A's play him. But you know, I think in the long run, this is the greatest thing to happen. 
Yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of a, a one for one. Elvis didn't exactly have a fantastic year last year. Definitely a downgrade from Marcus Simeon, even in Simeon having a down year. But I mean, I, I like the move maybe overall, mainly because I was I was really down on Chris Davis. I love him. You know, he's a good guy, but he just was kind of a liability there at DH. And he, he wasn't playing every single day because he was such a liability, but he can't play the outfield. He's only a DH. And when you can't hit as a DH, I mean... It, it just sucks, but it, that also kind of leaves the hole open for, you know, the extra uh, outfielders and maybe some a younger person to kind of step in. And also, uh, Jed Lowry signed a minor league deal with the A's. Also, the A's made a trade with the Dodgers today. You know, not exactly big, big names, so we're not going to really go into that trade, but uh, Jed Lowry bringing in on a minor league deal. I mean, he was good with the A's a few years ago. Then he goes to the Mets, gets injured, doesn't play at all really last year. And if he can bounce back and be the doubles machine he was a few years ago when he was an all-star, I mean, cool. I'm not expecting it to happen, but with that middle infield being the way it is right now, they already had a hole at second base last year. And now with Simeon gone, now you got a hole at shortstop. And if Lowry and Andrews can sort of fill that hole and possibly, you know, have better seasons than what they've had the past few years with the veterans, I think that's, that's an overall positive. And that's something that I was going to ask was with Lowry coming back, you know, it, being it's a minor league deal, do you see him getting the call up, which I think it's kind of obvious that he will, but you know, how well will that infield gel with Olsen, Lowry, Andrews and Chapman? I mean, I think he'll be fine, but we just have to wait and see. I mean, with the, the two veterans up the middle, it definitely kind of hurts you. I think defensively, like luckily you have Olsen, you know, got the bats at the corner so they can kind of, you know, play that area. They can take up a lot of ground, but I mean, Jed was not a good defensive player the last few seasons with the A's. He was slow. He's, he can't get into the hole, you know, Andrews a little quicker. He can maybe help him out a little bit, but now with the shifts and everything, maybe that's not as big of a deal as it would have been in the past. But I think it all just is going to come down to how Jed looks in spring training, uh, what the younger people are doing. If like a young guy who's out of options is just really balling out and maybe like a pitcher is really balling out and it kind of comes down to, should we keep the younger guy who's playing really good? Or should we have Jed who's okay, but you know, he's not costing us that much money. And if we cut, if we don't, you know, put up the younger guy, then he's going to be, you know, he's going to leave us because he's out of options. And, you know, it's all just kind of mumbo jumbo minor league spring training shit. So we're going to have to wait and see. I agree with everything you just said, just because I got tangled up like halfway through that. So let's move on. We got, uh, speaking of possible DHs, Marcelo Zuna has re-signed with the Atlanta Braves. No universal DH that kind of, I think, hurt him and his options, but re-signs with the Braves. I think he's definitely a, a you know really good hitter helping out that offense in Atlanta. But now, as I said, with no DH, he's going to have to play the, the field. Kind of a, a, a liability out there. He is a former gold glove winner, which is just kind of insane to think about. But I think a good pickup or a good, you know, move for the Braves to get him back. I mean, and, and you know, he he's a player that I think, given the opportunity, you know, he's somebody that you want that bat in the lineup. So do you put him just somewhere where you just got to hope that he can, you know, play defense like he used to? Um, but the Braves, Braves are smart resetting him. Then we got Yadier Molina staying with the St. Louis Cardinals. I mean, it makes sense. Yadi forever a Cardinal re-signing with them. And, uh, you know, offensively, he's definitely not what he used to be, but he's still that veteran behind the dish. You know, great defensively, doesn't have a cannon really anymore, but the way baseball is played, not too many, you know, runners and stealing, so he doesn't have to do too much but i think he's just worth so much in the clubhouse you know working with the pitchers that he's worth resigning i mean i'm just thinking was that st louis uh roster and i'm i mean not really keeping him but now that they are keeping him it is kind of scary looking how 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 that's going to play out this season we shall see. Then we get uh, Andrew Benintendi. He is traded from the Red Sox to the Kansas City Royals. You know, the Royals, they're making like some little moves here and there. We don't exactly expect them to make a playoff push, but, you know, got the young talent and possibly, you know, grooming them for maybe 2022-23 season. I mean, it's 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 a move. It's not exactly, you know, the marquee move, but it was more of a big news in Boston because of Ben Attendee and his playoff success and, you know, just kind of a beloved figure over there. 
eh, Boston's ALI ain't going to do shit for a while. So I'm not even tripping on this, on this move. Well, there you go. So Dominic, we don't have Dominic's picks anymore. RIP to that, but we still have the recurrent segment of every week. Mr. X's questions of the week. Dun, dun. Did not ask you beforehand, but uh, with the excitement in your voice, it sounds like he did send in questions. Well, I mean, do you want to? I mean, we'll go. I mean, so, oh, so you know. sorry, Mr. X in friends. And bum, bum. the studio audience is calling me. What do I do? Oh, I don't know. I mean, answer live on the podcast. See what happens. I think I might end it. <sighs> you're going to you're going to leave right now. OK, I got to leave. Bye. Wow. What a uh, what a turn of events. Ladies and gentlemen, just out of nowhere, just Dominic leaves me during Mr. X's questions of the week. He has like one responsibility on the entire podcast, and that's to read the emails. And it finally comes his turn to step up to the plate. And he and he doesn't he doesn't do it. I mean, you know, I understand he's got responsibilities as a, as a fiance. He's got to answer the phone calls. But I, I would have thought maybe Dominic would have said, oh, we're doing the podcast right now. So, you know, keep, you know, don't call me or something. But anyways, we will go to the Instagram to answer some questions. Sorry, Mr. X. Maybe Dominic will rejoin us. Maybe he uh, sends in something. I don't exactly know. But uh, we shall see about that. So going over to the Instagram, as I already said, if you want to follow us on Twitter and or Instagram, it is the same exact handle at Curveballs and CS. And if you want to send in an email, that is curveball and CS, curveball, no S at the end because Dominic set up that email account. He still doesn't know what the name of our podcast is. Now, going over to the Instagram, we have two questions. One is from Tygunty, Tygunty, Tygundy 27. He asks, should the national anthem be played before any sporting events? Now, this is a, uh, a tough one. Obviously, it's a political, it's going to be a controversial question, but with Mark Cuban not playing the national anthem before the Mavs home games, Adam Silver came out and just kind of wrote a statement, or I don't know if it was a statement, but kind of the league came out and said that all the teams have to play the national anthem before the games, and I guess they have to adhere by that. The uh, NBA, definitely the uh, more liberal of the sports, and NBA and the WNBA, of course. And it, I mean, I think it's a valid question. Why is the national anthem played before every single game? And I know it's kind of a, uh, a tradition. And I think it's almost kind of like some things in you know politics and in the world in general. It's like, oh, we just always did it. So let's just continue to do it instead of questioning why we were doing it in the first place. And I mean, as we've seen this past year and even before then with the whole Colin Kaepernick situation, you know, the national anthem is a, a source of pride for some people, a source of, uh, you know, discussion and some uh, divisiveness with others and if, if it was up to me i probably would just say you know what do we really have to have the national anthem play before the games it, does it do, do we have to there's so many international players i mean we're just adhering to one national anthem just kind of cut it out and maybe you know maybe we turn it back to the little league we just you know i forgot if I like heard the beginning of it, of the little league pledge, I could like recite it, but I can't really think of it off the top of my head. But anyways, I would say, you know, let's just not do the national anthem. And then maybe if you want to do it for like the bigger games, like the Super Bowl or something, and maybe, oh, look at who we have. Dominic is back, ladies and gentlemen. Love to see it. Dominic, hello and welcome back Hi. to your segment. Hi. Sorry. You know, this is really bad timing. I'm sorry, but what I was going to say... Well, too bad. I already jumped into the questions that uh, Ty Gundy sent us from the Instagram, oh. and he wants to know, should the National Anthem be played during sporting events? And what'd you say? I mean, you have to listen to the podcast to find out. God damn it. I think so. I definitely think so. I still feel like, you know, it's a... I feel like with Trump being gone... You got to kind of, you got to regroup, recalculate and be like, look, this is a different America than it was a couple of years ago. So we're going to, we're going to, we're, we're going to sing it proud, you know, maybe, may, or maybe you alter it to a different, you know, maybe we make a new current national anthem. You know what I mean? But I think so. Dominic, if you want a new current national anthem, what would that be? Give us a little, little taste, a little remix. <clears throat> if you will. 
America the greatest. We fucked up a long time ago, and we're never gonna let it go. I don't know. Damn. Look at you with the bars. And we actually okay. have a second question from the Instagram. This one's from Haley. Uh, Dominic actually was asked this question earlier, but he just chose not to respond. So Haley was so eager to know what the answer was. She had to send it in via the Instagram. And she asked, does Dominic eat his Jack in the Box tacos with ranch? I mean, I should probably call the police. That's a little communist right there. Dominic out here saying that if you eat talk or if you eat i fucking keep calling taco but if you keep jack in a box jack in the back jack in the back tacos with ranch then you're copy yes because why is that so it's it's a cheeseburger taco why are you gonna put ranch on a cheeseburger it makes no fucking sense how's it a cheeseburger taco have you dude it's a cheeseburger taco no it's not it's a taco it's a taco taco (sighs) from a cheeseburger restaurant oh my god whatever whatever you're a communist. Damn, Dominic, what the fire hot takes. Well, the reason why we had to uh, postpone the podcast a little bit is because your boy went to Jack in the Box and I got some tacos. So here's the live, we're well, not a live review because I already ate the tacos because I'm a fat ass. But Tyler and I had this conversation yesterday and I was like, you know, I don't think I've ever had that, even though in his mind, I was burying the idea of ranch tacos. But according to, I, I, mean, I definitely didn't bury them just I'm, like Dominic just did. I am. Yeah. No. Yeah. That's gross. But anyways, uh, I think the, so I had them. And I think that the main divider here is that I like the Jack in the Box Ranch, but I also like Jack in the Box tacos just on their own. I think the, div- the divide here is that Tyler said he doesn't like the Jack in the Box tacos that much, but pairing them with the ranch kind of puts it over the edge. So for me, who mm. likes the Jack in the Box tacos on their own, you know, I can eat them by, by themselves and be okay with it. Pair it with the ranch. It tastes fine. It tastes good. I would say it tastes good. I mean, it's ranch. If you douse pretty much anything in ranch, it's going to taste good. So uh, I'll give—I mean, I'll give it the thumbs up. But it's not like a go-to by any means. I don't even know the last time I had Jack in the Box tacos. I had the mini tacos when that was like their gimmick, but I can't remember the last time I like went to a Jack in the Box, sat down, and was like, you know what? I want some tacos. I mean, except for the one time I had soccer practice (sighs) and I like demolished like eight Jack in the Box tacos and then went out and ran like (sighs) four miles. Didn't throw up a single time. That is like the proudest sports moment in my entire athletic career right there. Okay. Anyways, don't do it. It's gross. Don't you got any any, uh, fat ass sports stories where you just ate a shit ton of food and then balled out afterwards? Actually, no, I never really, any time I played baseball, football, basketball, wrestling, I never really ate a lot. I always was nervous that I was going to have to take a shit during it. So I just like ate like a piece of toast and that's it. Damn. Okay, now we got uh, the Instagram questions out of the way. Now let's go to Mr. X's questions proper over to the the email, which I already plugged. Dominic, uh, So, no. So I was going to hit on last week's, but I mean, everything that we, that he asked is stuff that we actually covered. So, I mean, no disrespect, Mr. X. I'm just going to go to your most current ones, which he sent in at 7.30. He was ready. He was ready to go just in case you started early. He was ready. So, Mr. X, respects. Um, He says, hello again. Howdy. I have returned from my short hiatus. In other words, I got caught up in stuff I was working on. And my dumbass forgot to send in questions in time last week, which, hey. It's okay. Work work before us. Definitely. He he apologized. He slid in the DMs. Everything's good. Okay. Worked, worked out a settlement. It's all fine. Yeah, you know. Anyways, he said, now that Brady and the Bucks have won the Super Bowl, how long will he keep going? To 50 years old, possibly beyond 50? I definitely don't think he will be on 50. I mean, if you're taking a sack at 50, uh, it's going to hurt. So I don't think so. I think it depends on what he does next year. If he is like anything to what he was this year, he's going to play again. I think I am going to put it at like 75% Tom Brady signs another contract. With Bucks, or does he go somewhere else? Um, it seems like he's having a good old time over there. And if the core is kind of still intact, then there's no really there's no real reason for him to to leave. You know? Okay, okay, okay. Cali boy, you know, in in Florida, living living the beach and stuff. I mean, living la vida loca. Exactly. All right. I put this question in the email I sent too late last week. Should the Reds have tried to get Bauer back? In the 150 years of this organization, they finally get their first ever Cy Young winner, and they don't try whatever you can to hold on to that pitcher. 
or was this simply because the Reds didn't have the money he was looking for? I I think it's definitely he wanted. Like I think we said it last week, he either is going to get the bag or he's going to go somewhere where he'll make a lot of money in the long run. But he's going to be you know going to build the team up. He went and got the bag. So I mean, I definitely think it's it's a money issue, not a you know Reds issue. Yeah, I probably agree that it's maybe more of a money issue. I don't know the ins and outs of the the Reds cap space to really know. But uh, yeah, I mean, we had it, the Mets, the Dodgers, two of the biggest markets in the world, especially in the MLB, you know, going mm-hmm. back and forth. One long-term deal, one short-term deal with a lot of outs. I mean, it makes sense for why those were the, the two teams right there. And, you know, the Reds, I was really high on them last year, picked them to go to the World Series, mainly because of their pitching staff and Trevor Bauer. But I they look like a completely different team now, unfortunately. I hate to see it. So going on to something that I know nothing so ever about, and Brandon, I hope you know more than me. Is, is this a, the MMA question? No, it's not actually. Ooh, okay, okay. I'm gonna not, I'm gonna leave. I'm gonna throw you a curveball. I'm not gonna tell you what it is. You ready? Let's see if you can okay. hit it, hit the other part. What is going on with some of the top teams in college basketball struggling this season, including my Kentucky Wildcats, who are on an unbelievable five and thirteen this season? Is it because lack of crowds, COVID protocols, or something else? Well, actually, I mean, I don't know a ton, but I do know that, you know, we have Kansas, Duke, Kentucky, all the big, big names are just not doing really well this season. And I, I don't know what exactly is to contribute to that. Maybe it's because they have the G League, uh, whatever pipeline. I don't know exactly what they call it, but now some of the top high school players can go to uh you know, straight into the quote unquote NBA pipeline and they can play there and they don't have to go to college and worry about everything of that nature. And then you yeah. have like the younger or not the younger, but kind of the smaller ones like Gonzaga and they have maybe a more of a core and they play a little longer so they can play together. They can, you know, kind of block out all the COVID stuff. Gotcha. So mm-hmm. I, I think that's probably the, maybe the reason, I think that's the top reason, at least okay. the one that came to mind. Okay. Good, good, good. So going on to who we lost earlier. The pro wrestling world just lost Butch Reed. Now, I just, and this, by the way, this is at 7 30 in the morning. Now, I just read this morning that Rusty Brooks just passed away at 63. I'm not too familiar with him, but he did have matches with Hogan and Andre in the 80s. He also helped train MVP and Gargrell, from what I read, RIP. No, I've never heard of this guy, Brandon. Uh, he said, so I just looked him up real quick. The name did not come to mind, but uh, kind of looking at him, he does look a little bit familiar. He's a, a big, hefty white fellow with a beard, uh, kind of mm. balding. So, you know, maybe Thanks. just like if, if you Explains were just a com- lot, you're just to combine me and Dominic into one, then I think that's uh, maybe Rusty Brooks. RIP, hate to see it. Rest in peace, brother. Uh, Brennan, are you are you up to date with Cultaholic by by chance? I do watch. I, I mean, not like everything, but I'm okay. so more than you probably. So he heard that Finn Balor is still from Cultaholic. He heard that Finn Balor is still dealing with pain in his jaw, including his lower lip being numb. Would it be wise for him to drop the title this Sunday so he can properly heal up? I think so. I mean, I think there is a, a possibility that Pete Dunne could win the title. I don't know what their long-term plans are. I thought maybe Karrion Cross was the champ, going to be the champion, but it seems as though he's kind of on a fast track, and we'll talk about what he's been doing with uh, mm-hmm. don't call him Pablo Santos Escobar. Oh, well, that goes right into the next question, Brendan. Oh. So why is Karrion Cross going after Santos Escobar? Why? I honestly have no clue. It just – we talked about it last week, just kind of the dismissal of him, and then Escobar just kind of leaves, and now they're going to have a match next week. And they kind of, I felt like they booked themselves into a corner to where you booked uh, Escobar kind of so weakly that you're going to have to get some sort of heat back. I don't see him beating Cross, but then we're going to get some shitty DQ finish. No, he's in a beat up Scarlet. He's in a, you know, suplex Scarlet or something crazy like that. It's going to like, he's going to put hands on our watch. Uh, We shall see. So I guess we don't have to talk about that, but uh, your thoughts just, is that kind of the way they get out of the, the match or is it a, Clean I mean, pinfall. what is going on it's, here? It's, I got a feeling it's going to be, it shouldn't be clean. It needs to be dirty no matter, no matter what it is. And if it's him, you know, if it's a DQ, if it's a run in that screws carrying, but you know, then you got to feed it, you know, 
then they need to squash that, and whoever causes Karrion to lose needs to be the next feud for Karrion. But he needs to elevate up back to that world title picture. So I, I honestly don't know. I really don't. Um, but the last question of Mr. X's question of the week. Are we witnessing the end days of the inner circle? And was I the only one who had to be told that Hangman Page switched out the contract on Matt Hardy while Matt was take, talking uh, talking to the camera. Did he do that? I wasn't paying attention. I I didn't even know there was contracts. Out, so. Well, look at Dominic being so well. Then lucky you. We're probably going to do Dynamite after NXT, which means Dominic will be gone by the time we talk about Dynamite. So. Yep, because Perfect. I have to get going here in a few minutes anyways. So, you know, Brandon, before You're not I, leaving. Before- we're not leaving. Not We're going to cover NXT. Let's get into it. They start off with MSK defeating Legado del Fantasma in the semifinals of the Dusty Cup. MSK gets the win. Slow start, but I think it picked up really well at the end. So MSK freshly signed, one of the bigger names they've had in a while in NXT, getting to the finals. And I'm just gone. Dominic's talk about Please. Wi-Fi. Oh, oh, oh. Can you hear me now? Hello? Yeah, there we go. You're a piece of shit, Brandon. I'm just trying to hurry up. Sorry. Anyways, I knew this was going to happen, that their MSK was going to get the win. Um, I mean, it, it, like, I think anytime they sign anybody for the singles, duos, tri- trios, whatever, they always get the victories leading into this thing. So I, I already knew this was going to happen. And next week, they're going to be the champions or the turn- tournament winners. We got a lot of takeover packages. We had one of Balor and Finn, or Balor and Finn, uh, Balor and Pete Dunn. Then we had three individual packages of all the women in the title match. They kind of stay in their own piece. Very much enjoyed all of them, Dominic. Uh, any thoughts on uh, that? And then we also kind of lead it into the face-offs that they had at the very end of the show. No, I mean, to me, it's a lot of, you know, whenever it's the – the show before the pay-per-view it's always this you know build up and shit so i mean i didn't really care for it quite enjoyed it but uh you know if you skipped it i i wouldn't be mad at you either then we get zia lee and another squash match we have kaden carter and casey catanzaro you know up on the ring apron just be like oh my god zaya you changed what are you doing this isn't the girl we know what are you doing now and then we have which we didn't even talk about her leader or her master trainer whatever they had like a video package last week about how she's like this thousand-year-old deity who's been trained by the dragons. Uh, Ricky, the dragon steamboat? Or like actual dragons? Like actual real-life Chinese dragons, apparently. Whoa, why are they going to be Chinese? Uh, because Zia is Chinese, and so is Boa. But, you know, who says they're Chinese dragons? It could be, you know, Russian dragons. Dragons ruled, were all over the world at one point, Brandon. You can't just say it was Chinese dragons. You're going to try to cancel me? I, I literally was just about to say you're canceled. After you that just is... desecrated the national anthem? How did I desecrate the national anthem? Eh, I mean, I made a joke out of it and tried to remix it. And that's how I get canceled? Yep, that's all it takes now. That's it. That's it. I'm going to leave halfway through this wrestling stuff just so I can go pick up my fiance. Nope, you're not because we got to talk about Johnny Gargano. And uh, well, you know what, Dominic? Fuck it. We're just going to jump right into the NXT. We're going to take it. You know, we're going to do the, the predictions and I'll go back by myself and talk about NXT. The Damn Dusty right, Rhodes. You know, sh- you know, fuck you. We're going to talk about NXT now. Gargano had a segment and he was just crying, saying that he had a broken arm. But actually he didn't. William Regal put him in his place. That was funny. That was. Well, funny. I like how uh, Kushida like played tug of war with him. And then, you know, it was like, oh, look, your arm is fine. And then, you know, attacked him. Then this leads into Ember Moon and Shotzi Blackheart defeating Indy Wrestling and Candice uh, LeRae. So now once, once again, my girl beat your girl. Woo! I know it's a sad, sad, sad day. So now Moon, Moon and Shotzi into the finals. I thought this was kind of, uh, what should I call it? Predictable, since Predict- you can't have two heels. There we go. See, Dominic, now you can read my mind. We're just like uh, Thatcher and Champa. We can finish each other's sandwiches exactly uh kushida then defeats austin theory via dq i mean it was all right i think if kushida should have just beat theory clean but if you don't want theory to lose just have kushida beat somebody else 
I mean, there's, I'm sure there's a ton of people back there that would love to get some TV time. So I agree. Uh, we already talked about Karen Cross and uh, Pablo Santos Escobar, whatever the fuck his name is. Uh, maybe the highlight, or at least the most newsworthy thing on the show, is Cameron Grimes, baby. He came back strolling in a Lambo or a Tesla or something, and he is a rich bitch. He, uh, while on his time off, played a lot of video games, decided to go to a GameStop, Stonk, GameStop. And I was like, you know what, this place, this place is cool. I think I should invest. And so then he invests in some GameStop, Stonks, and then he makes a bajillion dollars. And then he's like, you know what? I like dogs. I like making coin, dog coin, boom, invest in that. And now he's rich. Cameron Grimes, baby, to the moon. Everything's going to the moon. <laughs> it's doggy coin. God dang, idiot. Or Dogecoin. I don't understand. Is it? Do- it, I mean, it's spelled doggy, right? I think it's. I think you're supposed to say Doge, but I just call it doggy. That's why I call it too, doggy coin. And my sister's like doggy coin, doggy coin. I'm like, but you remember when it was Bitcoin was the big rage, and now it's. I mean, doggy. Bitcoin is still is the big rage. I think it just hit an all time high like yesterday or the day before. Oh God, I gotta, I gotta make some money, dude. Fuck. I mean, it Bitcoin is too late. It's you can even buy like a, th- a whatever a tenth of it. Anyways, Dominic, your thoughts on uh, Cameron Grimes? I I loved it. I thought it was very enjoyable, and then maybe this just leads to him being broke at the end of this. I I, I like the idea that you know he's still kind of his weird self, but yet it's kind of like a, just like a new and improved. Like maybe he's gonna just go ball out, hire henchmen, and those henchmen are gonna be like, "Oh, you're out of money, dog," and they're gonna walk away and screw him over in the end. I would love that to happen, but you know, probably not. He'll probably just be like, you know. Oh, I think it could be you, and I'm going to put all my money on it, and that's going to be the end of that. It's going to be stupid. In the main event, we had the grizzled young veterans taking on Timothy Thatcher and Tommaso Ciampa, and GYV actually get the win here. A good match. Grizzled young veterans make it to their second straight Dusty Cup final. Gotta say, Ciampa, kind of weird. You got some, you're growing out your hair. Just, just shave it off. I know he's old, but it just makes him look so much older when he has the, the gray balding hair. Damn, Brandon, maybe we should take your own advice. My hair isn't gray, okay? I mean, when are you going to shave your hair and your beard, you hippie? Ooh, man. Good thing I'm leaving because I might have to fight you. Hmm. Let me, bro. Anyways, let's quickly get through the NXT Vengeance Day predictions taking place on Sunday on Valentine's Day, Dominic. uh... Brought to you by... Raise energy drinks. Exactly. Use code CBCS at checkout and you get some sort of discount. I don't fucking remember anymore. But uh, Dominic, what are you doing on Valentine's Day with the studio audience? We're doing nothing. I got to work. Uh, the men's Dusty Rhodes tag team finals. MSK taking on Grizzled Young Veterans. I think Dominic already said who he is picking. I am going with MSK. I think you got to build them up especially with kind of the way the division's floundering. I know Grizzly Young Veterans have been there for a while, but give it to MSK here. Yeah, I mean, why why wouldn't you give to MSK? They, they're the hot tag team, and I it'd be stupid if they don't give it to them. Then the women's Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic Finals, Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez taking on Shotzi and Ember. Dominic, are you going to go with the girl here, or are you going with the established team of Kai and Gonzalez? Gonna hammer it down on Shotzi and Moon. And I will go with Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez. They are the established tag team. That doesn't mean anything really in the Dusty Cups, but I think you're gonna they've really been trying to build up uh Gonzalez here. Maybe she has like a strong win, and possibly they're building to Gonzalez and Eo at WrestleMania. I really don't want that. I kind of want more Tony Storm and Eo, but we shall see about that. Uh, speaking of Tony Storm and EO, we have the NXT Women's Championship in a triple threat. EO, Mercedes Martinez, and Tony Storm. Dominic, uh, does EO make it out as a champion? Oddly enough, I'm going to say this pick, and you're going to be surprised. I'm with Mercedes Martinez, just because I feel like, as of late, she's been kind of dominant, and I think it's about time a heel person gets it, and she's a little badass. Not a big name like Tony, so I'm going go with Mercedes. I'm going to go with EO to continue uh, the reign here. 
as I said, I kind of want Storm and EO to be a WrestleMania takeover. Maybe this means Mercedes Martinez is the odd one out. I know they've been building up her a little bit, but with Gonzalez on the outskirts, I feel like she's more of that type of character that they want to push. So maybe have, you know, Mercedes do her, you know, take the job here and then go to EO and Storm later on down the road. Then we get the NXT North American Championship. Johnny Gargano defends against Kushida. Uh, you know, Johnny Gargano definitely kind of hitting on all cylinders right now with his comedy way group. Kushida, I mean, he's being Kushida. He's, it's going to be a good match, but Kushida's not exactly the most charismatic person in the world, so we we shall see. Do you going think? with Kushida. Okay, Dom, going with Kushida. I will go with Johnny Gargano. I mean, I just don't really see them putting the title on Kushida. I know on the other podcast I pick Kushida, mainly because I feel like being different, but uh, in my heart, I feel like Johnny will get the win here. Now, in the main event, the NXT Championship match, Finn Balor takes on Pete Dune. Uh, Mr. X already kind of speculated. Maybe Pete Dunn walks away the champion. Dominic, what do you think? I'm going to go and put this on paper, Brandon. Okay. All right. I got it out. I'm going to go with Finn Balor to retain the NXT championship. I will go with Finn Balor as well. Very excited to see what they can do here. Maybe if Finn's jaw is not exactly at hundred percent, maybe they kind of, you know, take the their foot off the gas a little bit, but I think these guys are both pros and I think it's going to be a, a hell of a match. One I thing I want to bring up is we have not seen Pat McAfee for a while. And would it be possible that last minute McAfee substitutes himself in and wins the NXT championship? I'm going to put that never so never, but I'm going to put that at 1%. Okay, let's go with that. Then. Yes. Uh, so we both got Finn, Finn for the win. Now we're going to move over to AEW Dynamite, and Dominic definitely did watch this well, show. Dominic's going to sign off right here because he may or might need to take a doo-doo and get dressed to go pick up the wifey. So, Brandon... Do me justice. Whatever picks or whatever thing you say, what do you think I'm going to say? Okay. Don't let me down. Dominic putting a lot of faith in me to speak for him here, but we will go into the AEW dynamite recap. And we started off with Darby Allen taking on Joey Janela, defending his TNT championship. Darby gets the win here. They talked about the history. Both of these men have uh, wrestling PWG, uh, maybe in GCW as well, but they definitely had chemistry. You can tell that here. And that was a really good match. Good opening match. Usually it's a tag team. We kind of make fun of that, but good, solid match here. Uh, very enjoyable. I kind of wish they would explain a little bit more why Joey is getting this title shot. Cause he hasn't been on dynamite proper all that much in the past few months. I know he's been on dark getting some wins, but I wish they just kind of explain that maybe have, one promo or maybe, you know, a, a little bit of a package and maybe have this be in the top of the second hour. But uh, overall, definitely, I thought it was a positive here. Dominic, what'd you think? Uh, good match. Yeah, exactly, Dominic. Cody and Lee Johnson take on Peter Avalon and Cesar Bononi, Bonani, Benene, and Lee Johnson gets the win here, and he now is a member of AEW. So good for him on that one uh, Cody it kind of came out that he suffered I believe a rotator cuff issue if I can uh, pull it up and of course it's on the second page it's never on the first page it's a little data but yes Cody Rhodes suffers a slight rotator cuff tear on dynamite now that does throw the shack match in a in a little loop here they got what three weeks away until that mixed tag match Maybe Cody can uh, can muscle it out and he can go through because I'm not expecting too much. I think Cody, if he wants to, or that's kind of the only time Shaq can fit that in, then I think he'll, he'll you know he'll grit through it and he will have the match. Overall, you know the the tag team match was it was all right. You know, just kind of an out of nowhere match I thought, and they overstayed their welcome. We had MJF and Chris Jericho take on the Acclaim earlier on in the show. We had a little uh, confrontation again between Sammy and uh, MJF. 
uh, MJF and Jericho get the win against the Acclaim. A lot of outside interference. So protecting the Acclaim here makes sense. Uh, Tony Khan, this is kind of his tag team. He made, he, uh, you know, put these two guys together. And, you know, I'm still not the biggest fan of the, the rapping gimmick, you know, rapping to the ring. But when it comes down to it, both the guys are charismatic, you know, the good wrestlers, and I can definitely see them uh, having a, they can have a future in this business, you know, then after the match, Sammy or uh, Chris Jericho kind of calls out Sammy, Sammy comes down to the ring and they just have uh, another confrontation. And that's when Sammy Guevara quits the inner circle. Sammy was always kind of the, the lone guy, you know, questioning MJF's motives and he just had enough and he leaves. He was outside the, the building and he said, you know, I'm just going to take a break for a while. Don't know exactly how long that break will be, but maybe it'll be something to where the MJF and Jericho have the title match and Sammy comes back, screws them over, and we get some sort of feud between MJF and Sammy. I don't exactly know because I, I feel like it is leading to MJF kind of taking over the inner circle. And maybe that kind of leaves Jericho and Sammy on the outs and they can team up together. Cause I think Jericho, you know, he he's technically a heel, but he's a, a lovable legend baby face. And with Sammy turn him baby face on dark, he hasn't exactly lit the world on fire with his promos, but you know, maybe you just got to throw him in the deep end and see if he can sink or swim, but we shall see about that then thunder Rosa takes on Layla Hirsch in the first round of the women's title eliminator tournament and i thought it was a good match a lot of good grappling work here with uh, Layla having the background in wrestling and thunder rosa having the background in mma very much enjoyed this i think Layla has shown that she has a you know she has a potential in the uh, women's division especially in aw because i think they're just lacking with the diversity and talent right now that just they'll take anybody and i think Layla definitely is someone yeah she's lost i think uh, maybe a tad bit too uh, i'm not gonna say like a tad bit too much but uh, Lele, I think she's been doing some good work and maybe kind of have her step away for a little bit, get some momentum, and then maybe have her have like a proper push when maybe there's like a, a heel champion or something or another. We, uh, you know, we're going to have to see about that. Thunder Rosa, I think in the promo before the match, called out Serena Deeb. She wants her NWA title back. She wants that uh, AEW championship with uh, Akar Shida, and she still wants to get revenge on Britt Baker. So I, I would assume we kind of get her on that journey to where she defeats Britt Baker and Serena Deeb on her way to the AEW title match. And the Japanese side of things is going to be taking place on AEW's YouTube channel. Kind of wish they would have had the Japanese side, maybe more prominent on dynamite, but it's going to, I think it's going to be its own little thing on YouTube, which I'm definitely excited to see. I'm going to check it. out. I don't watch dark at all, but I definitely am going to go out of my way to try to uh, watch those Japanese women's matches. Uh, Sting gets a, uh, an interview with Tony Schiavone. And before Sting could even say a word, Team Taz is in the Escalade or something or another. And they put Darby in a body bag and just drag him across the parking lot. Yeah, that uh, that happened. Sting didn't do anything. We didn't see Sting make the save or really you know, get Darby out of the body bag. It was just he chased him to the back, go to commercial. And then next week we're going to get seeing calling out team Taz or something or another. So pretty similar to what we've been getting these past few weeks. I think the sting stuff has been getting a tad bit uh, repetitive, but there's just only so much you can do with sting. He, you know, he's not the best talker, which we've talked about. He's not going to get physically involved too much. And you don't want him to get too physically involved because that's kind of the point of seeing the match is to see sting have a proper match. If it even is a proper match, but uh, yeah, we got what three weeks away until revolution. So we're going to have to, Wait and see exactly how they can string this thing along. Uh, we get the Matt Hardy Hangman Page promo at the bar. Uh, Hangman, you know, gets shit-faced as he likes to do. Hardy talks to the camera. Mr. X apparently pointing out that maybe Hangman switched the contracts. I, I don't know if that's exactly the case. I wasn't exactly paying attention, but Matt Hardy was in a sober state of mind. I think he would have realized that it was a different contract. I, I don't know. Maybe Mr. X has a better eagle eye than I do but we shall see. Then in the main event, we had Kenta and Kenny Omega take on John Moxley and Lance Archer. Falls count anywhere. No DQ tornado tag team match. And this match was just all over the place. A lot of fun, a lot of action. They fight back to 
the kitchen area. We saw Butcher and the Blade back there uh, a time or two back in the earlier Daily Place Dynamite days. And yeah, I mean, a lot of hardcore stuff. The only th- the only part of the match I kind of didn't like too, too much was kind of when they go to the kitchen, they run like an obvious point to where they kind of cut and then go off and, uh, you know, reshoot or whatever, where they, you know, they're fighting in the kitchen, cut to some highlights, and then just magically the wrestlers are walking down to the ring again, which kind of took me out of the moment a little bit, but a lot of moving parts. Uh, Jake the Snake gets involved. Uh, the Good Brothers get involved. They help Kenny uh, hoist up Lance Archer and dumps him on his head for the one-wing angel for the one-two-three. So they protect Lance. I think he was the odd, you know, the odd man out here. We, I kind of thought he was the one to take the pinfall loss here. Maybe John Moxley was going to lose, but definitely that uh, babyface team I thought was going to lose unless they had some sort of smalls. Or I thought possibly this could have been the match to give away a uh, a TV time limit draw. I think with kind of the chaotic, the chaotic nature of it, it could have just got out of hand and could have just, you know, ran off the air with Jim Ross. But like, oh my God, what? They went to a draw. They're uncontainable, blah, blah, blah. See you next week. But that's not what they did. They actually gave us a proper finish and I kind of enjoyed it. AW, they have that TV time remaining stipulation always lingering, but they've only used, I believe, once, maybe twice. So, I think that's kind of one thing that AEW, they don't overuse their gimmicks. And I think the TV time limit can be used, you know, sp- when it's used sparingly, it can definitely make a, uh, a bigger impact. And I guess they just didn't think that this was the right move. Give Kenny another win. And we build to, I guess, Kenny and Moxley, as well as Moxley and Kenta, which will take place, I believe, in two weeks on New Japan Strong or New Japan something. New Japan America. There we go. Dominic, what do you think of AEW? Exactly. So thank you guys very much for tuning in today. A little bit of a shorter one, but uh, we kind of knew that was going to happen with Dominic having to skedaddle early on in the show. Uh, Once again, if you want to follow us on Twitter or Instagram, it is Curveballs and CS. Once again, Curveballs and CS. If you want to send us an email, curveballandcs at gmail.com. We are also on YouTube and Facebook. Just simply search up Curveballs and Chair Shots. We will pop up. Uh, links and everything will be in the description. We have a link tree that I post in the podcast description. So if you just click on that, it will take you to all the different links and everything of that nature. For Dominic, for the big dog, the little dog, and the mailman that they were barking at, and the studio audience, and everyone in between. Thank you all very much for tuning in. Have a happy Valentine's Day. Goodbye and good night. Uh, Bye-bye.